Hey, awesome listener. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the So Sent 6 podcast with me, your host, Janique B. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to a couple of fantastic people. They are the co-founders of Cambio Market. Cambio Market is an e-commerce store. Their mission is to change the way that people shop. Their products are all ethically sourced from socially responsible businesses that prioritize people and planet over profit. They do a lot of research on their suppliers and they make sure that everyone meets their crazy high standards when it comes to product quality and social impact. One of my personal favorite things about Cambio Market is their gorgeous website. So make sure you head over to cambio.market and check it out. They also have amazing products. A lot of them are handmade. Just gorgeous stuff. They also organize a monthly meetup called Social Entrepreneurs of Toronto. And if you're ever looking to get involved in the social enterprise scene in the city or to meet other cool founders and people working in the space, this would be an incredible place to do so. For more information on that, please check our show notes. I'm going to put some links in there for you. That's all I got for you at this point. So let's jump directly into the interview with Cambio Market's founders, Jerome and Jelaine. I would like to ask you guys to introduce yourselves and say what you do in just about a sentence or two. Hello, uh, so I'm Jerome. I'm the co-founder of uh, Cambio Market. And uh, Cambio Market is a social enterprise that sells ethical products, online products that are ethical, handmade, and fair trade. Um, I'm Jelaine, and I work with Jerome on Cambio Market. And... Um, in terms of my role, I handle more of the customer service and the logistics side in terms of um, fulfilling orders as well as a lot of the marketing and the content about inside. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. So, Thanks for having us. Um, so you guys have actually been working in sort of social impact spaces for a while. Can you tell me a bit about how you started on this journey initially? Sure. So um, in terms of the both of us, we actually met through Isaac, um, AIESEC, which is a nonprofit student-run organization that's run out of various universities and colleges around the world. And they don't market themselves as a social enterprise, but they actually are one. Um, And so we were volunteers really involved in this organization, and that's how we met. And that's kind of where our passion for social entrepreneurship started. Um, And so after university, we both got jobs in corporate. Jerome's been working in IT as a consultant for the last few years, and I ended up working in human resources um, for a financial company in Toronto. Um, and we just, we were always really passionate about social entrepreneurship and about, you know, the social impact space. And we knew that's something that we wanted to do. Um, so we had been volunteering, um, for several years after university and we ended up traveling actually to Philippines in 2012 because I'm in, um, I'm Filipino. Okay. Um, and we, while we were there, we just discovered that there's this really vibrant scene of social enterprises in the country and that they're really doing such innovative and amazing things. 
Um, but that no one really knew about it and that a lot of these enterprises just didn't have a very strong online presence or any um, kind of a, any viable way to reach their markets. So we created um, another website called Choose Social, which was just kind of promote the work that these enterprises are doing in the Philippines. Um, and that ended up being a really successful website where we got a lot of attention for it. Um, and that was just something that we were doing on the side right. as a project. Um, and eventually people just began asking us questions about where they could find those products in North America. And then that's where this idea for Cambio Market was born about having an online marketplace for you know products that all have that are all um, ethically made, but that also give back to um, to social cause in some way. And so all um, all the partners we have in our at Cambio Market are now social enterprises or are focused on some kind of social cause. And um, we started doing that in October last year. Um, after just being kind of fed up with our jobs in corporate and mm-hmm. realizing, you know, it's now or never, we might as well, you know, we've been passionate about this for a long time and we might as well just do it now since we're not happy doing anything else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where we are today, nine months later. That's great. I didn't realize your organization was that young. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's, at first, it was main. It's still mainly an online e-commerce website. Um, so at first, we did mostly marketing online, social media, blog, uh, that kind of promotion. Yeah. Uh, but in the last few months, uh, we've tried to be more present in Toronto. Uh, doing, we've been going to flea markets, to you know, little pop-up markets, and just sell our products in person to try to get to know. Uh, our customers and people more locally. Yes. Um, and as well, we've started to organize a meetup in Toronto called the Social Enterprise Toronto Meetup uh, as a way as well to know the other social entrepreneurs that are present in Toronto and then also at the same time talk about, about our business. Uh, so there's been a mix of online presence and then just in-person events as well to, to get the word out there about our business. Have you found that doing things in-person have helped you form like um, more partnerships with local organizations? Maybe not formally as, as a partnership, uh, I would say, but uh, I think for us it's been very beneficial to go to those market and see the other entrepreneurs that are working and they have their own little shops as well. Uh, some of them are socially conscious, some of them, you know, they're, they're just business owners, but just being able to connect with other business owners that are kind of in the same stage as us has been very, very beneficial yes. uh, here in Toronto. Um, just because, you know, when you start an online website, uh, you're kind of alone, you're out there on, a, on the internet and there's so many, so much competition and you're all by yourself and we work from home, we have, you know, we, we both work from home so it's it's hard sometimes to connect and and see how other businesses are doing so being able to go in person and either meet at the meetup or meet at those markets just to know what are their struggle what are their challenges uh that's been a great learning and we're sharing tips sharing events that we should go to uh so that has been beneficial in that way great i always find that meeting people face to face in person is like a better way of forming connections or getting your word out there than doing anything else. It also just helps you feel so much more like you're doing something or you're on the right path, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, especially since we're in Toronto, there's so many organizations that are out there. And most of the time, we only discover them by browsing on Instagram or different things like that. Yeah. And we don't even realize that they're in Toronto until months later. Um, and so it's been really, really great to just be able to meet them face to face. And you just really develop like a much more personal connection, exactly as you were saying. Yeah. I mean, community is pretty important for this kind of business, especially because, you know, you are socially driven. So you should socialize sure. while doing yeah. it. Um, so is there anyone like a particular organization or mentors or, you know, any one or group of people like that who really you feel like have given you good advice or help or impacted your success in any way? Um, for us, there's quite a number of people. Um, first in general, the social enterprise community and other social entrepreneurs have actually been a big part of our journey. Um, just because they've been, the community itself is just so supportive and it's not even just the community within Toronto because we were pretty, um, we have a good reach in terms of the Filipino community and the social enterprise community in Philippines actually. And when we went to Philippines earlier this year, um, we were there to meet suppliers and also to visit my family. Um, but the people that we met, we met a lot of different social um, entrepreneurs and just um, got to visit the offices of various social enterprises. And people were just so welcoming and so supportive. And they really um, wanted to see us succeed, I would say. like they, would, they were really, really helpful in just giving us a lot of advice and connecting us to other organizations or to other people that we should speak to. Nice. Um, so that was really, really amazing. Um, and in terms of just like a specific individual, um, we had the opportunity actually to meet Tony Maloto while we were in Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he is this really um, key figure in the social enterprise scene, not just within Philippines, but actually in Asia and the rest of the world. And he was awarded like the World Social Entrepreneur Award um, back in 2013, I think. Um, and he's a really key leader in the social enterprise movement. And we actually got to have lunch with him for about an hour. Wow. Um, Philippines and it was just really amazing to be able to speak with him and hear his vision um, and see what he really you know understand what he really wants to see in the Philippines and um, why he's doing what he's doing and what and how he's built his community of social um, of social enterprise in, in the Philippines and that was really inspirational and motivating for us yeah sounds like it what's the yeah. best? Or like the most inspirational piece of advice or I guess just maybe not necessarily advice, but what's the most inspirational piece of information that you got from him in that meeting? Mm -hmm. Um, hmm, It's hard to say. It was like the whole experience. it (laughs) It was like the whole experience in itself. Um, I think it was just, it wasn't necessarily advice that he gave. It was just hearing his vision for the Philippines because he really spoke about um, kind of the problems in Philippines is that Filipinos themselves don't understand their own value, that they kind of undervalue 
their skill sets and their abilities. And that in terms of kind of like Philippines itself is a very class-based structure. It has a very high, a very strong hierarchy. Yeah. And, um, and essentially, for example, Filipinos, if they see something is made in the Philippines, they automatically regard it as being inferior to something that's made in Canada or made in the States. And you see brands in the big malls that have this proud sticker of um, imported. Oh. They actually advertise it. Yeah, they actually advertise <laughs> it as something um, that's like a point of pride as opposed to it being local. Right. Um, it's, yeah. So that was really surprising for us when we went there. So speaking of Tony Maloto, he just had such a strong passion for helping Filipinos um, to be able to kind of understand what their own value is. And he, he didn't see it as, you know, he didn't see it as um, creating a closed community of Filipinos. He actually saw the way to get Filipinos to actually recognize their own abilities and value was to create a bigger and more open community with the outside world. So he created something called the, uh, called Gawad Kalinga is his organization. But within that, they created the Enchanted Farm, which is mm-hmm. this hub for social entrepreneurs. Um, and they actually have social entrepreneurs from all over the world. A lot of them are from France and from Europe or from other parts of Asia. And But they're doing these really, really amazing, innovative businesses out of this little farm that they have. And it's just and his vision is just basically to see, to have these people um, from abroad to come to Philippines and work hand in hand with, you know, Filipino farmers or with at-risk youth and to basically help them to understand like what their own self-worth is. Um, and so that was, it was pretty inspiring to just hear what his vision is, but then to actually be seeing parts of it executed because the Enchanted Farm has been growing significantly over the last few years. And when we actually went to visit, it was like this really amazing vision to see all of these different enterprises and people from different countries all working and flocking here to this kind of r- more rural area in the Philippines. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, sounds pretty neat. I would love to see something like that in Antigua, where I am right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it is like really such a challenge trying to get people who don't necessarily have the exposure to social enterprise or the experience with that sort of stuff to suddenly realize, hey, we could be working together and fixing our own social problems. You know, there is something that we can do to get out of the situation that we're in. Yeah. Definitely. So that is really inspiring to hear that he's doing that amazing work in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. All the best to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I'm just thinking I should copy that somehow. The enchanted. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, they do like tours, and uh, they had a conference actually while we were there. Um, I think it was called the World Social Entrepreneurship. Global Business Social Business oh, Summit. Global yeah. Social Business Summit while we were there, which we were really lucky to be able to attend. But it was basically like this three-day conference um, specific around social enterprise. And they had people from Australia and from different parts of Asia come. And we were the only ones from Canada. <laughs> um, and it was just really, really inspiring to see so many people passionate about the same thing and to see them all within the same space just discussing you know challenges that they're each going through in their own communities how they can help to grow social 
like awareness of social um, enterprise, but also scale up their businesses and organizations. Um, yeah. And we would, it was just really inspiring. And that's actually one of the reasons that we came back to Toronto and started our meetup was just because we didn't really see that same kind of community in Toronto. Um, yeah. And we just wanted to do a really like do our own small part to help build that community here. Yeah. I mean, it's needed, you know, once you have a community and you start feeling the power behind what you're doing, once you gain that momentum and you have so many people with you, it becomes easier or at least more fun. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. More fun. Um, speaking of scale though, what's your, like, what's next for a Cambio market? What are you guys hoping to grow it into something much larger? Are you thinking maybe I'll keep it small, medium sized? What are your hopes for that enterprise? Like one of our hopes is to really be the destination in Canada for ethical gifts. So for socially conscious products so um what we realize is like people have an interest into those kind of products um when we tell them about the store and we tell them the impact of those products and uh, all the good they can do in the world by purchasing those kind of products but we realize this segment of the market is not very known uh and it's not something people naturally just google um when they, they, they're looking to buy something. So it's just trying to to get the word out there about this kind of economy to get people to understand that social enterprise exists and what they do with their money can actually impact. And by we, we want to grow bigger because we want to be in Canada. We want to be known for, for that. We want people to know, oh, uh, Cambio Market, they, they have those socially conscious products. So we want to be one of the main destinations for in Canada for, for those products. Yeah. That's great. So you're thinking national. Yeah. I mean, we, we do work, we, we ship our products to, to the U S. Uh, so we have access to the American market as well. That's great. Uh, but what we, so what we realize is there's more choices, uh, in that field in, in the U S Mm-hmm. Uh, at least from our research, there's more people that seem to be aware of that. But it's also natural being how large their population is. Um, but we think that it is something that at least in Canada, we want to we wanna expand the knowledge of that topic. And we want to educate people on, on those businesses and the impact people can have. Um, yeah, that's our objective. Cool. It's sort of strange that I guess people in Canada or maybe especially in Toronto aren't really familiar with that sort of business because there is sort of um, a lot of talk around fair trade and locally sourcing things. But now that you mention it, that does tend to be more around food and coffee than anything else. Yeah, I think... And I understand why. I think when you talk about um, even like non-toxic beauty products, you're talking about organic and locally sourced food. I mean, people automatically flock to those products first because that has an immediate impact on, you know, on your body or your home. Um, And so it's a good thing that that's um, 
become more and more popular. Definitely. And I think it's kind of, I don't, I think it will stay like that. Um, but I think what we want to focus on is, you know, in everyday purchases, like what you buy, regardless of how small it is, whether it's just a gift item or if it's, you know, a piece of jewelry, like all of your decisions as a consumer has an impact somewhere out there in your local community, as well as in the other parts of the world where those products are made. Um, and so that's kind of what we want to help to focus on and to grow is, you know, how can, how can people buy clothing that's more sustainably made? How can people buy jewelry that's made of, you know, ethically sourced materials? Like there is such a thing as fair trade jewelry. There is such a thing as fair trade greeting cards. Um, and it can all be done in a sustainable way. And I think raising that level of consciousness um, within a, a city like Toronto, I think can do really, really good things. And I think um, there's just so much more potential for it to grow bigger. Absolutely. So how have you been trying to convey that message to your target market, I guess, in your, the messaging that you use in your marketing efforts? Well, I think it's been a challenge. Um, Like we've been, you know, focusing a lot on, on blog content and trying to have a blog post that either explain the work of our partner or our work, or just ways to live more ethically in Toronto. Uh, and as well, in the description of our products on our website, we, you know, we have little icons that explain quickly, like, oh, is it fair trade or is it handmade? Like those kind of things that really explain, uh, in a few words, what what the impact of those products are, so mm-hmm. that people can quickly see when they browse our website, even if they maybe are not coming for the ethical aspect, they're just coming for for the product. Then they can learn, oh, this product is actually has a good impact. Um, but the branding aspect is a constant challenge. And what we, for example, at first, like on, on our front page, we were like, get products from social enterprise. And, you know, we realized people don't really know yeah, the words. Yeah, they don't know at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. they, they don't really know what that means. So it was not great marketing. So. Uh, we're not using that messaging so much anymore, and we try to focus on products that have an impact and fair trade and those terms that are uh, that are more known out there that people are already use because the reality is in Canada, social enterprise is not a very known concept, and we do still mention it in our blog post. We want increase awareness, but yeah. it cannot be our main selling message because it's just people won't won't fully understand. Yeah, they they just don't get it. And then they get confused yeah. and they go away. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, and I also think a lot of the messaging isn't just about how the products were made or the impact behind it, but a lot of it is how that those products can make you feel. Because yeah. um, buying these types of products, it's not just about you know giving back to the person who made it or giving back to a cause. It's actually, you know, feeling really good about the fact that you are helping someone or feeling really good about the fact that, you know, this necklace, it's, it's really beautiful and it uses non-toxic materials and it, you know, you don't need to feel guilty about owning this piece of jewelry or about wearing it. And you don't need to wonder about where it came from or if someone, you know, was abused or exploited because of it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we're so used to disconnecting our purchases from how they got to the store. Like, how did they get from being a natural resource somewhere 
to in this really fancy store in the Eaton Center. For sure. Um, so you know personally some of your suppliers, I guess, especially the ones mm-hmm. in the Philippines. Do you have like profiles of the various sellers or the artisans who produce these products? Like, are they on your website and easily accessible to customers? So um, we've met in person. Also, the the part. So we have a few partners around around Ontario, around Toronto, and the ones in in Philippines as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't met all our partners in person, unfortunately. Uh, we do have profile of those companies and blog posts about what they do and like photos in some ways of how they work. Uh, but it is a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, in some cases we're having some challenges on that side. Uh, for example, there's, we have many products that are made from women rescued from sex trafficking. Oh, wow. uh, in that case, you have to be really careful yeah, about the privacy of those women and, uh, if you show how they work, you're more show, showing their hands uh, more than showing the, the artisan. Right. Uh, so, so there are some challenges around that. Um, but in terms of explaining the work of a partner and you know how they do it, and uh, yeah, we've we've done it, and we want to improve on that. We want people to really see more see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a, one of the best ways to draw customers into your product and the stories behind them is to you know, show them what's going on, who they're helping. Mm-hmm. But I really like the story Definitely. behind your business. It's very cool. So are you guys, you work from home primarily, but are you members of the Center for Social Innovations? I think I saw that somewhere. Yes, yes we are. Yay. Well, we just have a, like the community membership, okay. the more basic one, because um, it's a bit far from our home to go down there oh, yeah. on a regular basis. Where in the city are you guys located? We're in North York. Oh, I see. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but, not so bad. But it's been beneficial to be a member from, from CSI, from the Center for Social Innovation, just mm-hmm. We're much more aware of events and things happening with other social entrepreneurs and other ethical businesses in Toronto. So it's been great to be connected. So even if we do go in person and go to some events, uh, so just for that, it, it's been great. Yeah, I worked with one of the organizations there, Career Skills Incubator, and oh yeah, yeah, it was a great time being around the center and meeting different people there. I think it's definitely what has been one of my most eye-opening experiences. Like just meeting people in that community and feeling that energy of, hey, let's save the world. Everybody there sort of wants to save the world in their own way. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's been one of the really great things. Like even if you're just, even if I just go there one afternoon to work out of the cafe, um, I end up learning or discovering a new organization that I have never heard of or that I, didn't know um, even existed in Toronto. And uh, the CSI has been really, really great in terms of building this really strong and vibrant community of of people that are just doing cool things. And And they're all different. And they're so friendly. (laughs) So friendly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like, you can't stay a stranger there for very long. Yeah. (laughs) What's your big fantastical vision for a society as a whole? Like, paint me a picture of your ideal society. Oh, that's a big question. It's a big question. Uh, yeah. I guess 
to summarize it, what we would love to see, I guess what our biggest overarching vision is, is for social enterprise as a business model to become the norm as opposed to the exception. Yes. Um, for people, for consumers, just average consumers to be able to buy products and know where they came from and know who made them and, you know, be able to feel good about the products that they're buying, um, have it be transparent and not wonder, you know, about the ethics behind their products. Um, I think it's just kind of crazy, to be honest, that ethical products or fair trade is something that needs to be certified or something that, you know, you need to seek out for or need to be passionate about in order to find truly fair trade products. Um, So what we would love to see is just that fair trade is just the norm. Like, I think it's just the way that business in general should be done. I think ethical business practices should be a standard that we, that every single organization upholds and lives up to. Um, and at the same time that consumers can trust and that they build those ethical kind of shopping habits into their everyday choices. Mm-hmm. That's really what we'd like to see. So yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good because, I mean, the alternative is that, you know, unfair trade is the norm, which just just sounds wrong. Yeah. Why should unfair be normal? Yeah. It's crazy that that's that's, that's the reality. It shouldn't be a marketing thing that, oh, it's it's fair trade. Like, it should just be the norm, right? So it's... Yeah. And I guess you have to pay for certification too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many different certifying bodies out there as well. Um, and I understand the purpose, like the need for certification. Uh-huh. Like, I definitely understand it. Um, but it would be great if you didn't need it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just the because way it was normal. Things are. Yeah. Great. Okay. And lastly, just asking you to give a little shout out or spread the love to another local Toronto-based social enterprise that you admire right now or that you think is doing really great work? So there are many, but just um, through our meetup last month, we we got to meet someone from the organization called A Free Cycle. Uh, and A Free Cycle, um, they are based in, they're, principle basically is they will collect uh, bikes uh, here around Toronto, around Canada mostly, uh, mountain bikes and bikes that they will ship to Malawi in Africa. Oh, wow. And over there they have, and what I admire about them, the, the principle is not just, oh, let's give bikes away and which destroy the local economy over there. Uh, <laughs> no, the point is more, they send those it's mostly bikes that need some repair that need some kind of new maintenance. So they have facilities in, in Malawi with local workers that will fix the, these bikes that will make them, uh, you know, usable by the local population and then sell it at a market rate over there okay. uh, for people to buy. Uh, so it's not given away. There's yeah. still people being employed and there's people making money and it's sustainable for the local economy. Uh, and it's it's making a good impact as well here in Toronto for for people like for bikes that are no longer being used uh, around here. So 
Uh, it's called F-Recycle. Um, they, they collect here in Toronto, and they, they, work, they do amazing work, and we got to meet uh, with one of their employees here, and it's been, it's been a great learning to, to, to learn people that have all this, this huge impact. Um, and, and that's the, the interesting part about social enterprises is they're not famous enough, right? And when you learn mm-hmm. about their work, uh, that really made us uh, happy to learn of someone someone else doing that kind of work. Yeah, because that's really incredible. They're having a global scale impact. Mm-hmm. So they're not only sure. reducing waste in Toronto, they're creating jobs in Malawi, they're making money for their people, and they're empowering locals by giving them, you know, bicycles, which are tools that I'm sure they yeah. need. For sure. Very That's cool. definitely it. And I think I think you can even also buy some of their used bikes here in Toronto as well. Oh. So if you like I think you can. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'm into bikes, so I'm definitely gonna look into that some more. Well thank you again, Jerome and Jelaine, for joining me today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yes, thanks thank for you. having us. It was great talking with you. Hey, I will be in Toronto later, so hopefully we'll get a chance to meet up. I look forward to hearing great things about you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. There you have it. The end of episode two of So Sense 6. Don't be too sad, though, because we'll be back in two weeks with another great interview with one of Toronto's up-and-coming social entrepreneurs. Who will it be? You'll have to tune in to find out. If you're looking for ways to keep in touch with the show, until then, find us on Twitter. If you have a comment about the show, if you just want to say hi, you can do all of that. Thanks again for tuning in. Until the next episode, stay impactful, stay social, and do everything in your power to create the kind of world that you want to live in. This is Unique signing off for the SoSense 6 podcast. Have a great couple of weeks until we meet again.